Good morning, everyone. Thanks for coming. God sends the sun, and then he sends the wind to cool us. Remember, as the Gita says, the mind is harder to tame than the wind. So think of that as it's blowing across you. Actually, there's a deep message in that. It's through pranayama that we bring the interior forces in. So I don't want to leave it just as a joke. This week's topic is abiding in God. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Yogananda often emphasized, more often to his disciples than to the general public, but also to everyone generally, for it was a universal teaching, the importance of attunement. For divine understanding cannot be created, it must be perceived. To the disciples, Yogananda spoke of the importance of attunement with the Guru. To others, he urged the importance of at least attuning oneself to higher consciousness. Can an eagle rise without support from the sustaining air? Jesus Christ in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 15. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. How can we abide in him? Jesus said, If my words abide in you, By words, he meant not only his spoken words, but his vibrations, his consciousness, of which the words are only an expression. We must abide by the teachings, but we must also absorb those teachings into ourselves, that they become our own experience. For disciples of this path, the more in their hearts they live consciously in the presence of the masters, the more they will find the divine presence living within them. And for all truth seekers, whether disciples or not, the more they live sustained inwardly by the awareness of God's presence, the higher they will find themselves soaring in wisdom and joy. For the Bhagavad Gita says in the tenth chapter, I am the source of everything. From me all creation emerges. Blessed with this realization, the wise, awe-stricken, adore me. Thus through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Om, Om, Om. 
move this for now. Good morning, everyone. It's been such a beautiful, beautiful weekend and so filled with inspiration. And I I just, I was thinking, listening to Swami's remarkable sharing yesterday, I just wanted to thank him in my heart for letting me be a part of his dream. And I also want to say to all of you, thank you for being a part of this dream that is Ananda. It's just it's been such a joy to share our journey together. And for this weekend, I was looking. We have members here from, I think, all of our communities, Seattle and Portland and Sacramento and Palo Alto and Los Angeles and India and Assisi and virtual community and Winnemucca, Nevada, and, <laughs> and from lots of different places, too. So... It's just listening to Swami yesterday, it wasn't even like listening. I'm sure those of you who, if you weren't here, listened to it online. It was an extraordinary sharing. It, was, it wasn't listening, and it really fits into what our topic is today, abiding in God. It was feeling. It was feeling his love for God and his love for God in all of us, unconditional, unwavering, eternal and life-changing. So I think we need to just continue to the best we can to honor that which has been honored within us, God's presence within us. So I want to start by one of our whispers from eternity this is one I just found for, you know, you have these old, new ones always jump out at you. But this one is prayer between sleeping and waking. And I thought that's where we all are. We're, we're not, we're just at that transition point where we're still sleeping in Maya a little bit, but we're starting to wake up. So this is a prayer for that beautiful period where the, the soul begins to waken in God. O Father, when I hover on the borderland between sleep and wakefulness, Thou dost come and play with me, Thy little child. I float on the ocean of Thy love. I dance with the boisterous billows of emotion. I play at hide-and-seek with Thee as Thou dost with me. Thy greatness lifts me up, this least of all thy servitors, to sit with thee on thy throne. So when we're talking about attunement and discipleship, it's, I like to always come back to the distinction Swami makes in the different concepts of discipleship as, as kind of delineated more in India, there's two different words. There's the word for the student, one who takes on the discipline, shiksha. But then there's also the word chela, the child, as it's referred to here in this reading we just did. 
And when we think of the vine, the divine consciousness, and the branches that grow off of it, it's a beautiful image because the more we can... It's in the beginning, it's important to study what Master has said, read his teachings, read his words, obviously practice his techniques. But then you have to go beyond that. And that's what Swami was sharing with us by his presence yesterday. It's no longer teachings. It's just the presence of God and that connection of one of the branches with the vine. And Sometimes you see in fruit and seed catalogs, there'll be uh, roses that you can buy, and there's many different colored roses on one bush or a special kind of apple tree that has different varieties of apples. Well, so it is with all of us. There's the, the main stem that's God, and then from that one bush, there's all the different colors There's blues, there's yellows, there's oranges, all the different colors, and all the different fruit that also can come from that tree. And it's so, I thought it was such a beautiful connection in this weekend where we're celebrating Ananda's 43rd anniversary and the 40th anniversary of, of Education for Life to talk about this principle of attunement Because now, these many years later, we see this rich, rich world outreach touching millions of people. But in the beginning, it was when Swami started, when he first began thinking of communities as a young man of 15, and then coming to his guru and hearing that Master Two had that interest. And then, as we've heard him say so often being charged to the depth of his soul by Master's speech at that Beverly Hills Garden Party, which interestingly is just but a few blocks from the house we stay in where we are guests in Los Angeles, Lisa Kaz's house, Bravi. And, but Master told him why we needed to do communities, because it's the social pattern of the new age, because world changes are coming and shifting economic and social and political patterns that will bring difficulties and tests to this world. But Master never told him how. He told him why, but not how. But he said the blueprint is in the ether. And that's what Swamiji has tuned into through his attunement with Master. And I was looking at that little booklet. I was, I think it may have been the first book of Swamis I ever read when I first came to Ananda in 1969, Cooperative Communities, How to Start Them and Why. And I had come from <clears throat> a college education where you read all sorts of very deep thoughts and things like that, and you memorize all sorts of important facts, like who started the Russian Revolution, of course, none of which you remember now. But then I read that little book, I came to Ananda, and it was so simple. And and it, it was on a level, I, I to be honest, and, and I admit it with, with uh, embarrassment, it just didn't make much sense to me. It seemed so simple. I thought, well, how can, this doesn't tell me how to do anything. But at the same time, 
when I stood on this property, I felt something's going to happen here. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I can feel it. I can feel that divine branch putting roots, putting down deep roots, and that something was going to start growing. And little by little, Swami, he didn't, Master didn't tell him how to start businesses or rent property or take out mortgages or build buildings or plan communities and all the things, uh, membership and leadership and organization and structure and uh I was going to say um, whatever it is that you have to get for nonprofit tax exempt. Uh, there's a certain word, 503B or something like that. I was going to say C3PO, but I know it's not that. <laughs> but anyway, Master didn't tell him any of that. But Swami said, you know, when I was a young monk, when he was 22, Master put him in charge of the monks, and some of them had been there for 10 years already, older than he, and were many years older than him. And yet, and, and Master, Swami said, Master said us several times, we must sit down and talk about this, how you are to organize the monks. But they never did. <laughs> and so it was with the community. It's the, he had to only do it through his attunement through tuning in. And Swami says, and, and we need to really, really meditate on this. He said, those who were close with Master in his living presence, he didn't talk to them about the teachings. and He just said, he was mainly in silence, and he would say over and over, get in tune. And what does that mean? Well, it's a lovely word even, tune, attunement, because you think of instruments. You watch the, the musicians tuning up. We were, when we were in Los Angeles recently, it was so beautiful. Swami was recording at his studio some of the songs for the upcoming movie, Cities of Light. And, um, we were in one room with Bhagavati and Ramesha who was playing the guitar and Swami was in another room doing the vocal. And he had a little electronic device on his guitar, which was an electronic tuner that you just put it on and it digitally showed you to the, you know, hundredth of a degree if the, if the guitar, this, each string was out of tune. And so he was playing and Bhagavati was sitting next to us. And then Bhagavati said, one of the strings is slightly out of tune. And he put on his little electronic device, and sure enough, it was. I sure couldn't hear that, but she could hear that because she was practiced that listening to that. And so Swami has practiced listening to the slightest deviation from what God's will is, from what Master's will is, for what his attunement is, what his vision is. And so it's like instruments aligning themselves. And that's what the final step of discipleship is about. It's not even what we do. We could be sitting in our room meditating 24 hours, but we could be the most attuned disciple if we were, or not, depending on if we're really attuning everything we do, every thought, every action, every interaction, every plan with what does Master want? How do we do that? And you watch over the years as Ananda Village has unfolded, and it's 
if the blueprint was in the ether, he would give master would give us just little glimpses of it at any one time. We couldn't see the future. We could only see this summer and next summer maybe. But it was this beautiful process of the you know, have you ever, in the old days when we had film camera and if you wouldn't move the film, there would be double exposure? Well, it was like a double exposure of master's will and our effort to get in alignment with that. And little by little, it just, it merged. And that's what you felt happening, the the bringing down of that divine vision of what communities are and aligning them with what we were doing. And that's why... Even Swami's name, Kriyananda, joy through action, joy through Kriya. That's why communities are the spiritual model for the new age, because it's in doing, it's in action, that we can also align our consciousness to the consciousness of God. And in many ways, for most of us, it's a lot easier to do that than in meditation, where it's subtler. But it, it's our... Are we really doing our Kriyas totally perfectly? Are we really going deep enough in the Hongsa? That's hard to do. But interacting with other people in a way that's considerate, kind, accepting, forgiving, that's easier to do because we know in our hearts when we're off. And so this wonderful process of creating community, what Swamiji has done through attunement and as he was saying yesterday, um, when he, his first public lecture was when he was 22, and he was substituting for a master. And yet he wasn't nervous because he wasn't thinking about himself. He was just thinking, I'll share master's presence with these people, and I'll just be master's child. I don't have to be important. I don't have to be all-knowing or knowledgeable or make a big impression on anybody. I'll just be his child. And I remember in my own life, the first big public lecture I gave, and in some ways it was similar to what Swami described. Swami was giving a big program down in um, San Francisco at the Palace of Fine Arts. He was doing a big, launching a big program called Superconscious Living. And there were five or six hundred people that had come. It was a beautiful hall, big group. And Saturday night he said to Jyotish and to me, I'd like you to do Sunday service, help with Sunday service, give a talk at Sunday service. I'll do part of it, then you do part of it. I'd never done that before. And I didn't get much sleep that night, I will tell you. And so, and then we were sitting in the front row, and he said, when I finish my talk, Swami said, I'll call you up. And the whole time, I don't even remember what he said, because the whole time he was talking, my mantra was, I can't do this. I can't do this. There's no way I can do this. And then he finished talking, and my heart stopped beating. But in that moment, I felt a divine hand of love and friendship reach out and take my heart in it, in take my hand and my heart and just walk me right up onto the stage. And I got up there and I was not nervous at all. And I just spoke, I don't know what I said even, but, <laughs> but it was the experience, I am the vine and you are the branch. And if you can always hold on to that connection, everything will be fine. And that's how Ananda Village has been. We've gone through fires and all and lawsuits and 
all sorts of things, controversy with the county over our planning and never enough money and all these things. But there was always the feeling of that abiding presence. It's going to be okay. And I know when new members come, they come to our housing committee and our membership committee and our people who work with jobs. Where am I going to live? Where is my job going to be? And we just say, don't worry. It'll all work out. And, you know, so far, 43 years later, it always has. But similarly in creating education for life, and we do want to honor that this weekend as well. As Swami said yesterday, Nitai came up to him one day and just said, we need schools here. And Swami said, you're right, start them. <laughs> and, and so Nitai read what very little Swami or Master had written about education but he just had to tune in. He had to draw the blueprint from the ether. And one of my very favorite stories about the building of Ananda took place when, I hope you didn't tell the story about the fire inspector. This is, I, to me, it represents the eternal support and love and sense of humor that Divine Mother has. Nitai was, we were getting the first building for the school finished. We'd been in a chicken coop, which was good. I mean, it was, you know, it was one of the best buildings we had at that time. But we put a lot of work and people volunteered labor and funds. And Nitai would teach during the day and then read on up about how to install a window or a toilet. And then at night he'd do that work and on and on. And finally the building was done. And we had to work with the county because it was a public building. And so the building inspector came out and he said, okay, pass the muster, check it off. The health inspector came out, good job, check it off. And then the fire inspector came out and he said, "Uh, sorry guys, uh, you need a way of communicating with the outside world in case of a fire emergency. And he said, well, what do you suggest? And the man said, well, you're going to need to do a paved road from the school campus out to Tyler Foot Road. And Nitai said, okay, uh, you have any idea how much that would cost? And the man said, oh, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. And Nitai said, okay. And the man said, I'll be back in two weeks, and I want you to show me your plans for this. And so, you know, at that time, our school budget was $75 a month for salaries and supplies. Maybe it was a little more, but that's how I heard the story. And then two weeks later, the fire inspector, the car pulls up, but a different man came out. And Nitai said, well, what happened to that other fire inspector? And the man said, oh, he got bored with his job. He went into the more dazzling world of arson inspection. And, um, and so I want to see what you've done here. And Nitai said, well, the other man said we had to put in a paved road in case of a fire emergency. And this man, who was really Divine Mother, said, well, technically that's true. But really, you just need a way. I mean, we had no phones here. You need a way to communicate in case of an emergency. And Nitai said, well, what would you suggest? And the man said, do you have a whistle? And Nitai said, no, but I'll sure get one. (laughs) And so my understanding of the story, since I'm talking, I can sort of end it the way I like, and you can tell. (laughs) Nitai got a whistle, and he wore it around its neck for many, many years. (laughs) 
just to remind him who's in charge. And so for us now, we see, honestly, for me, having the incredible good karma and blessing to be a part of Ananda from the beginning, I think we are just beginning. I think what for I think for these 43 years we have been laying the foundation and now things are starting to happen that we could not even imagine happening to help us expand this work. People are coming to help us from all over the world with skills and talents and resources because they see what has been created. But we can never forget what the last word of attunement is. It is not communities. It is not schools. It is the individual soul finding God. And that's the last word of attunement. And so we need in our own lives to be constantly saying, how can, as Yanamata said, Master, how can I do it more and better? How can I serve you with more joy, with more selflessness, with more totality, without any hesitation? How can I feel your presence guiding me in the least little thing? And the other day, Swamiji, this is so silly and so foolish, but there's a point behind it. Um, Someone had, he wanted some grapes. And so he said, and there weren't any grapes in his house. And I said, oh, there are grapes at Master's Market. Would you like me to go down and get some? And he said, well, how are they? And I said, very good. And he said, there's so many ways you can say very good. You can say, as you did, very good. You can say very good, or you could say very good. And I said, well, Swami, I said very good because I don't really know. (laughs) And he said, I thought that was the case. (laughs) But that little subtlety of turn of phrase, just to hear in your voice, in your interaction, in your prayers to God, if there's any part of you that's saying, I'm not given this. this. This delusion is something that's important to me, and I'm going to cling to this one for a while. And it, just to really look and see and listen and to try to feel the presence of the masters, of our guru, every moment in all that we do, and then... That will be, the. remember we said, Master said, the why of communities but not the how. Well, it comes back full circle. The why is because the world needs them. The how is through divine guidance. But then it comes back to the deeper why. So that each one of us can be channels for God in all that we do, wherever we are, whatever our calling in life And this, the more each one of us can do that, the world is transformed. It's like opening up, turning up a bowl. And remember, Swami was looking at Master with so much love, and he said, and he was thinking in his heart, teach me to love you as you love me. And Master, picking up his thoughts, said, how can the little cup hold the whole ocean? Well, We are each little cups, or maybe more proper to say, we are each little vines coming off of little branches, coming off the main plant, the main vine. And to the extent that each one of us 
together can feel our unity in God and our deep, sincere desire to be channels for God, this whole world is transformed. So I thank you for your lives, your friendship, your devotion, your discipleship, and I pray for each one of you that you can be a transforming channel for Master's presence. Remember what Swami said yesterday when Avital asked him the question, what's the most important thing to give people on their first contact with Master? Give them his love. I pray that each one of us can do that. God bless you. Yeah.